ready to go here. All right, welcome everybody to Modon Ivrit. Good to see everybody on the hot day. <laughs> and uh, you get a feeling of what uh, David was going through. I don't know when he's in the south. He's still in the south of Israel, and uh, so it's pretty dry and hot. Um, we are in chapter one of Second Samuel, and. Uh, we had just finished verse 21 last time. If you will remember, we're right in the middle of David's dirge over um, Saul and Jonathan. He's right in the middle of this kind of interesting poem. And we're going to see a number of uh, interesting structures syntactically and morphologically here actually through this. Um, one thing that, you might, that might look strange to you because you're more familiar with laments that you see from the Psalms. Um, scholars have kind of looked at some of these. This is actually a funeral dirge is what they call it. All right. And so David is expressing his grief. And uh, what you will see is, first of all, as opposed to laments, and I didn't come up with this, some other people did, is that these things tend to look back rather than forward. And so notice you will see that the references are all back to the life of Saul and Jonathan. And also they never mention God. And that's another thing that may kind of strike you as strange in something like this. All right. Um, so we, we uh, will take it up at verse 22 here. All right. Midam chalalim mechelev giborim. Keshet yehonatan lo nasogachor. Becherev shaul lo tashuv rekam. All right. This is min plus dam. From the blood of the slain. From the fat of the giborim, of the mighty ones, of the heroes, the keshet Yehonatan, the, the bow of Jonathan, did not naso, did not turn back or withdraw. This is a nifal perfect from the root sug, a nifal perfect from sug, hollow verb, sometimes spelled with a samek here, a sin. All right? And actually, if you'll notice the footnote, some manuscripts actually have the uh, s different spelling here. All right, So you'll see it under both forms. And I think what it simply means is that when Jonathan shot, he never missed. <laughs> all right. So again, from the blood of the slain, from the fat of the uh, mighty ones or heroes, the bow of Jonathan um, did not turn back. All right. And the sword of Saul did not return, now notice that form, Tashuv, did not return Raycom, empty. All right, now I want to look at the last two words. What is the difference between the form Tashuv and the form Nasog? Besides, I mean, notice they're both hollow verbs. Tashuv is, of course, a call. Okay, but what else is different about it more significantly as far as the translation is concerned? The Nasog was perfect or imperfect? was the nasog? Perfect. What's the tashuv? An imperfect form. But notice your normal reflex is to translate this as future or maybe present. But notice that that doesn't fit the context. He's talking about past. And the, the, the form, notice, occurs in kind of correspondence with the perfect form. And, and this, so I translated it as a past tense as well. All right. And, you know, there's a number of examples of this, um, especially in poetry. 
where there's this mixing of forms that doesn't seem right to students who learn Hebrew. It should be a perfect form here, see, because it refers to the past. Um, but in a lot of poetry, you will see this mixing. And um, one, uh, one uh, grammarian, what did he, he, he put it as a kind of, there's this, Hopeless mixing of forms. I think it was the word hopeless or something like that. Oh, no, no. It was a chaotic, he said, chaotic mixture of forms. And so, for example, when you, when you come across certain psalms, you'll see this kind of switching. All right? And there's a lot of reasons that I could give that I won't kind of go into here. Um, but you'll notice it here. All right? Now, notice also the form re-com. All right? Um, the... Uh, Am at the ending, remember that this is one of the ways that Hebrew can make an adverb out of another verb form. So the form reek means empty, right? You add an am to it, it becomes recom um, emptily or in an empty way, see? So it modifies the verb tashuv. Um, we do that very commonly with yom. Remember you add mom, it becomes yomam daily. All right, you guys all know my joke in Hebrew class, but I won't go any farther than that. Um, chen means grace and chenam, freely, so that am ending, there's a number of words that that attaches to. So that's what you have with this reikam. All right. Um, any, any questions about verse 22? <laughs> it's too, I have to write it on the board because I use the locative hey, and then another word is yo mom, then yo mama. But it, it's, it has to be in the right context. Then it's really funny, trust me. <laughs> okay, uh, verse 23. Shaul vihonatan ha ne'ehavim v'hane'amim becha yehem uvemotam lo nifradu mi'nesharim kalu me'arayot gaveru. Okay, Saul and Jonathan ha ne'ehavim. Saul and Jonathan, the beloved ones. This is a nifal participle from the root ahav. Okay, so Saul and Jonathan, the beloved ones, and the neimim. Um, here's where you get the common name Naomi. Naim means pleasant. Um, here it would probably mean something like similar to beloved. You see the the dear ones or something like that. Ha neimim. Okay, so notice the beloved ones and the ones dear bechayehem in their life. Uvemotam, and in their death, lo nifradu, they have not been separated. This is from the root parad, nifal, perfect, uh, third plural. All right, so from parad, nifal, perfect. So again, Saul and Jonathan, the beloved ones and the dear ones in their life, um, and in their death, they have not been separated. Okay, mineshareem. This is min plus nesharim is the plural from the word nesher, which means eagle. Okay, So from eagles, kalu, they are light. This is from, well, what's the root kalu? This is kind of a strange form. Can anyone guess? Kalal means to be light. All right, It's a call, perfect form from kalal. So they are, and to be light or really to be swift. Okay, They were swifter than eagles. Okay. Now then again a comparative me arayot then lions gaberu they were gaber uh, again notice the the noun gibor hero 
Gaber to be strong. So swifter than eagles, than lions, stronger. Okay, again, that's a simple call form. The Seireh is under the bait. Why? Rather than expected shva, it's in pause and the vowel lengthens. Very good. <laughs> Questions on 23. All right, the, the uh, lament continues now, verse 22. Benot Yisrael el Shaul Kehna. Look at that form. Hamal Bishkem Shani Im Adanim Hamale Adi Zahaval Levushken. O daughters of Israel, um, for Saul or El Saul. Now notice how El and All, we've said this before, can very often switch. And notice even in your footnote you have some manuscripts have the All instead of the El. So daughters of Israel, over Saul, Bekina. Weep. Anyone see the root of Bekina? Baka means to weep. This is a call imperative feminine plural. Now you know how rare this baby is? I actually checked. How rare you ask? <laughs> the feminine imperative plural only occurs 22 times in the Bible. The feminine imperative of a third hey verb only occurs twice according to what I could find. Here and then the other time is in the Song of Songs, chapter 3, verse 11. Re'enna, see or look, is addressing women. So it's really a rare form. And notice how hard you guys tried to learn this in Hebrew 1. And it only occurs here in, in Song of Songs. So now you got it. All right. So weep. Weep over Saul, ha-mal-bishkem, the one who dressed you. This is a, this is a um, hifil parsable from lavash, okay, plus the, uh, no, now notice it's the mascu second masculine plural suffix, but who's it referring to? It's referring to the daughters of Jerusalem, all right, and there's this tendency again, even when referring to feminine entities, to use a masculine suffix, um, and uh, you'll see though that there's a mixed, it, it mixes here in verse 22, so O daughters of Israel, over Saul weep, Saul, namely, the one who dressed you in shani, in crimson, with adanim, with jewelry. This uh, is a noun. You'll, you're, the the uh, singular form is Aden. We get the Garden of Eden, delightful. All right, so adanim uh, are, is jewelry or kind of ornaments. The one who dressed you with, in scarlet with ornaments, hama'aleh. The one who um, offers up, notice again, hifil, parsable from Allah. The one who um, brings up or brought up adi, again, another word for jewelry, um, zahav, gold. Um, so gold and jewelry on your dress. Levush ken. Notice it's a third, I mean, second feminine plural, the ken versus the kem. So in the first instance, Malbish um, Kem, notice it's the masculine referring to the daughters. Ken is still referring to the daughters, but this time it's the feminine. Okay, again, that form, the feminine plural second, only occurs less than 20 times, 19 times in the Bible, something like that. And uh, a lot of times in poetry, all right? Is it ever 
Yeah, it's actually uh, jewelry of gold, and notice the gold has an adjectival force here, so I would just translate it as golden, golden jewelry. Yeah. So notice how he's praising both Saul and Jonathan for their strength in battle, and now for Saul's generosity. See his graciousness. Very interesting. Uh, any other questions on verse 24? Okay, verse 25. How the mighty have fallen. In the midst of the war. Jonathan, on your heights. And again, this probably refers back to Israel. I'm in verse 19. Remember, we had this refrain. It's kind of functioning that way. Oh, Jonathan, on your heights is halal, is slain. So Jonathan on your heights is slain. Halal. Okay? Verse 26. Zarli aleka achi Yehonatan. Naam li me'od. Nifla ta ahavateka li me'ahavat nashim. This is kind of a strange verse as you'll see. Zarli. Zar means grief. It's uh, the root zarar you may be familiar with to bind or to tie. Um, so here, uh, grief to me, All right? Grief to me over you, my brother Jonathan. Grief to me over you, my brother Jonathan. Naam, notice that this is the same root that we saw um, earlier in verse 23 with the naim to be pleasant. Here, you are dearer to you are dear to me, Maod. You are very dear to me. Naamta, you are very dear to me. Okay. Um, now here's the line. Nifleata. See that form? See the root pala. Everybody see the root pala? It means to be wonderful. And here's a nifal form. It's third feminine singular. But notice that it's unusual because it has that ta ending on it. This is a real anomalous form. There's a number of forms in Hebrew that the third aleph verb sometimes takes on the characteristics of a third hey verb. And so that's where that ta ending comes from. The subject is ahavataka, your love. So it's your love is wonderful to me. So pala means to be wonderful. So third feminine singular, your love, ahavataka, is wonderful. So notice the sound kind of play. Nifla ta ahavataka. Lee to me. So your love is, now here you get another comparative min. Your love is more wonderful to me than the ahavat nashim, than the love of what, Jim? Women. Okay, this is where David probably gets the bad rep and where the rumors come in between. You can, people fill in the gaps nowadays in ways that they didn't used to fill them in. All right. So, uh, but notice the, the direction your minds inevitably take because of our culture is probably not where they should go um, here. David is just expressing the closeness that he had to Jonathan in, um, uh, you know, very superlative ways, I would say. Jeff. You know, I'm reading an Abraham Lincoln biography right now. Even in the 19th century, you know, friendship yeah. between grown males was very important to mm -hmm. Oh, it is, and in our in our specific 
and in our specific culture because other cultures, male friends hold hands quite platonically. And when I looked at it, it was like, whoa, that's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, for, it's very, it's quite normal. Well, so the thing we get to is the chest bump with Josh. Right? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually enter that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, any questions through verse 26? Everybody understand all the forms and everything? Yeah. Um, we have one more line here the, of the dirge. Eik naflu giborim vayovdu kale milchama. How the giborim, the mighty, have fallen, and the vessels of war have perished. Right, probably again referring to Saul and Jonathan. Uh, we had a similar referent back up in verse uh, 21. 20, yeah, 21 about the weapons of Saul and Jonathan. All right. All right, we get back to some nice narrative now. It's very interesting now. Um, you have this dirge, and now it kind of cuts, and we, we switch to something very different. All right? Maybe it's nice relief, I guess. Vayahi acharei kain vayishal David by Yahweh lemor ha'ehele b'achat aryeh Yehuda vayomer Yahweh elav ale vayomer David ana ehele vayomer Hebrona. All right. So now it came to pass after this that David inquired of the Lord. Notice the construction from Sha'al means to ask with a bait. Um, this occurs in the narrative sections from, from this expression from Judges through 2 Samuel. It's used only a couple more times, I think, through 2 Samuel 5. Is what you won't see it anymore. David inquired of Yahweh. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you guys remember who were with me in 1 Samuel, um, in something like chapter 24, 25, when David was on the run from Saul, he asked Abiathar, the priest, to bring the ephod. And at the same kind of question, where should I go? Should I leave Kila? He was in this place called Kila. And will Saul's troops get me? And uh, Abiathar inquired of the Lord of the Urim and Thummim and um, told him to leave. And so I'm assuming that he's referring to the same kind of thing. When he acquired of the Lord, um, it was the ephod that uh, David and uh, the priest used, all right, uh, referring to that verse. And again, 1 Samuel um, mentions that in a little more detail. So David inquired of Yahweh, saying, Ha'eheleh, again, uh, call from Allah, with the hey interrogative, where... I mean, should I go up? Should I go up uh, to one of the cities of Judah? And Yahweh said to him, Aleh. Here's the call imperative. Go up. Okay. So David says, Anna, where? Where should I go? Okay. And he answered, namely, we assume it's Yahweh. And Yahweh answered, Hebrona, to Hebron, and here's the locative hay. All right. Remember, he was in Ziklag up to this time, and uh, him and his men had kind of established a base there. And I have actually a map you can pass around just so you can get an idea of where Hebron was. So Hebron was in Judah. Remember, he's going back into Judah, and we'll find out in just a few verses that there was probably uh, some politics involved there. First of all, you know, his family and friends would be closer. But second of all, you know, if you're talking about consolidating your power um, and uniting the kingdom, 
then Judah is where he, he's going to want to go. Ziklag, notice, is south and west of Hebron, um, which is where he is presently. So it kind of moves back up into uh, the territory of Judah here. All right. Um, any questions about anything in verse 1? Okay, verse 2. Vayal Sham David, Vigam Shte Nashav Achinoham, Ha Yisraelit, Ba'avi Gael, Eshet Nava HaKarmeli. So David um, went there. Vayal from, again, Allah, call. David went there, and also Shte Nashav. And also his two wives. Shte, notice that that's a, a construct form. All right, and then Nashav is from Nashim. So his two wives, Achinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Naval, the Carmelite. And remember the story from 1 Samuel um, in which uh, David and Abigail meet and how Abigail's husband, appropriately named the fool, Naval, <laughs> was stupid. And uh, he ended up marrying Abigail. And then it also mentions in that chapter that Achinoam was his other wife. So it, it, it uh, and she was this, the mother of Ammon, his, his first son, I think. All right. Any questions on uh, the grammar or anything of verse 2? We can do a couple more here, I think. Okay, verse 3. I'm sorry. Yes, please. The word after David. Okay. Oh, Vegam, and also. Yeah, good question. David went up there, went there, namely to um, Kebron. And also, Vegam, his two wives. And again, just notice the grammar or the syntax of the number plus the name here. It can occur in absolute form or construct form. Here it's construct. His two wives, Achinaham, the Jezreelite. Notice that that's a gentilic, the feminine referring to her. And Abigail, the wife of Nabal, who was, and notice that the Carmeli, there's no Tav at the end of Carmeli because it's referring to Naval, the man, rather than the woman. Okay? Verse 3. Avanashav and his men, Asherimo, which were with him, Heela David. David brought up. Again, the Heela is a Hiphil from Allah. So notice we're getting a lot of Allah forms today, which is good for you. Um, so his wives which were with him, David brought each one Uveto and his household by Yeshvu, and they dwelt Be'are Hebron, in the cities of Hebron. See, so they took up residence in Hebron and in the area around that uh, city. All right. Vayavou, Anshe Yehuda. Now, remember, David was already anointed by, by Samuel way back. So here we have it again. Then the men of Judah, Yavohu, they went. Okay, again, a call imperfect from Bo. The men of Judah went and, I mean, I'm sorry, the men of Judah came and they, Yimshechu, um, they anointed their David from Mashach. Mashiach, we get the noun. And they anointed there David, Lamelech, as king, al Beit Yehuda, over the house of Judah. Okay. Vayagidu le David le mor. And they reported to David, saying, Anshe Yavesh Gilad, 
Asher Kavru El Shaul, the men of Jabesh Gilead who buried Saul. And now you have to supply the verb are here. Um, remember, uh, just from the previous book, the last chapter, um, the Philistines had taken the bodies of Saul and Jonathan and nailed them to that wall. And the men of Jabesh Gilead, when they heard it, gathered people together and, and buried the body. Um, so it's quite a gruesome end for Saul. So David now um, hears about this and hears that the men from Jabesh Gilead are there. Okay. Very good. Any questions? We'll stop here. All right. All right, we'll get in to see what happens to David next. Thanks for coming, you guys.